Hi, my name is Joe Jackson, and between the years 1990 and 2000, I did hundreds of interviews with musicians for the Irish Times in a slot that was originally called the Joe Jackson Interview. When Paddy Woodworth, the newspaper's arts editor, launched its now legendary sound and vision double-page spread, the name above the title idea was his. And I once said to Paddy, why me, Lord? I was joking, though editors do like to be addressed that way. Paddy explained that he chose me primarily because we both believed that the arts should be central to political debate rather than relegated to the sidelines and that as such, popular music, as an outgrowth of popular culture, could and should be explored from a socio-political perspective. Either way, that slot, which if only because it was a three-quarter page spread in the Irish Times, became much sought after and it could help sell out a gig. Or so Tony Bennett once told me. And that, to me, was the added bonus, especially as someone who became an interviewer to meet my music heroes. I now had access to virtually any musician I wanted to interview, including longtime heroes such as Bennett, Ray Charles and Joni Mitchell. And even if all I got was a phone interview, something I usually rejected because it didn't lend itself to in-depth discussion, I was happy to say, you bet. What follows is one of my Irish Times interviews. Enjoy. just wanted to let you know that I do appreciate you choosing Conference America. And this interview is supposed to last um, no longer than 30 minutes. However, we are running about three minutes behind. That's fine by me. Oh, that's great. Would you like me to come in and uh, remind you that your time is almost... Oh, no, no. I'm sitting right here beside the clock. Okay. All right. Sure, and I will get Mr. Robertson on the line. Thank you very much. Hello. Excuse me, announcing Robbie Robertson. Thank you very much. Hello. Hi there. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Sorry if, I, if you tried to get through there a minute ago. I have a set of questions for you here. You know the Irish Times. You've been over here. You may have seen the paper. Yeah, I have. It's a pretty serious thing. So even though we're talking over the phone and I'm very interested in this subject, I don't, okay. want, to do, I don't want to do a little flip thing. Joe, hang on one second. Okay. Stop a tape here. All right. Hello. Hi. Okay, I'm all set now. Great stuff. Okay, I've, uh, there, there was an irony there. I was, I was interrupted by my newspaper calling me to ask me did I want to go on Irish radio to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Blood and the Tracks. I have no questions about Dylan, but there's people still living back there and looking back there, and we're talking about a different Blood on the Tracks, obviously. So I've, ta I've talked with um, Johnny Cash, Buffy Samaria. You know Bill Miller? Do you know, do you know Bill Miller? I don't know him personally, but I certainly know his work. You know the album The Red Road? Yeah? Yeah, great stuff. And I talked with Garth Brooks about all this stuff. So I've run these interviews maybe over the last 12 months, so I'm going to have to ease readers in gently. And one way I'll do that is I've just two questions about the Robbie Stroke band past, if that's okay. Okay. All right? No problem. Just this element of, I, I want to go straight in on this album, as with Miller's, strikes me as the kind of Roots album that, uh, you know, uh, one of the truest Roots albums in American music in a certain way, but also one that maybe you and the band have been denying or aspiring to for years. Maybe so. Um, um, I don't know what makes these things come up when they come up. Right. Um, but when they do... You have to just follow your instincts in this, and, and it's not that anybody didn't want to do this before. It just didn't feel like uh, anybody would listen. Right. <laughs> and now there's something in the air, and uh, and it just you know. Also, another thing for me, you know, in particular, in this situation was I didn't 
want to do a record like this on a whim, if you know what I mean. Sure, yes, yeah. It wasn't like, all right, let's get some, you know, the Indian boys together and we'll make a little record. It just didn't feel, that's just not the way I was brought up. And I needed to do this in respect and I needed to get permission. Right. And I needed to talk to some elders and... and Permission from whom? What's that? Permission from whom? Well, yeah, permission from uh, home, uh, you can call it that. And uh, and there's some other, there's some people, some elders and some chiefs that I have tremendous respect for. Right. And I needed to do this, you know, with a lot of respect. And 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 when this project came up and when this book came out and they said they were going to do this six-hour documentary, it seemed to lay a foundation for me to do this with the kind of reverence that I wanted to do it with. Right. And... And it just didn't seem like I was just knocking off a little record, and this time, uh, you know, we were gonna, it was gonna be uh, an Indian theme. You know, that just seemed a little cheesy to me. Well, you should, I don't think you really have a reputation for just knocking off records at any point, do you? Well, you know, you, see, you have a studied approach to making music and have since you were, what, 15? You, you know, I mean, you absorb and study roots and go into the whole thing anyway. Um, Doesn't that seem to be part of your nature? That's true. But this is. You know, this, this is a project unlike right. for me anything else that I've ever encountered. And and it, because I got to draw on so many things, you know, that I've been, you know, that have been holed up inside me for so long. Right. And when, when the possibility of doing this in this kind of way came up to me, I thought, uh, I mean, it... it it kind of knocked the wind out of me for a minute. It was that exciting, right? And um, and and that, uh, and also made me feel very nervous about it too. Did did it present itself as a finished text to which you had to put the music? Like, was the documentary done and the book ready? The book was done. The documentary was in the works. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, in that sense, too, it's also different from other work you would have produced. Um, absolutely. Right, right. Okay, the, the one question about the band comes out of an interview I did with Levon. Now, the way you've just spoken about that subject, you all, you've almost, to my ears, humbled yourself to the project. All right? Yeah, absolutely. Which, to me, is the opposite of the image which was suggested of you, uh, and I would say lightly, by Levon in, in an Irish Times interview, where he said that you, you were driven by ego and that maybe this desire to be bigger than the band, to be the star, kind of fractured the purity of the original concept. What do you say to that, of the nameless band? Um, well, I, I don't know. This, this is a take that he's... I mean, he's never, he never mentioned this to me. Right. Uh, in the 16, 17 years that we worked together, uh, you know, th this is something that, that has that has come about, I guess, in, in his mind over the years. Right. I, I really don't know why, I, uh, but I, I haven't read his book, but I've been told about it. Sure. And I understand, you know, and I, and I try to put myself in his shoes uh -huh. in this situation, and I think that, I don't think things have gone the way that, that he would have liked them to have gone for himself. And when that happens in human nature, I think we're inclined to want to blame somebody else and but anyway i'm just not into sour grapes sure. or anything i have nothing but the grandest and fondest memories of 
of the time that I, I worked with the band. And when it, when it was over for me, I wanted to move on. And, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe that is an ego move. I'm, I'm not sure. I just, right. I, I, I just needed more challenge in my life. Is there any way, I'm sure you've read all the kind of Grill Marcus analyses of the music you made then and your own solo work. Is there any way one could look at these albums you've made and the band made that were supposed to represent the life of the South and say you missed it because you didn't get this stuff? You know what I mean? As in, as in the Red Road Ensemble. I don't know. I don't analyze this, this, okay. this, this much, Joe. I, uh, All right. I'm sorry for pushing you down. I to think it to death, you know? I try to work a little bit more emotionally. Right. Uh, intellectually. Right. So sorry for pushing you down these paths. I, I, don't, I don't know what makes these things right. happen, but I do know that it was an incredibly gratifying feeling to address all of the, the these things, you know, all of these stories and things that I heard when I was very young, and sounds that I heard, and and uh, I, I don't know. It's, but you wouldn't emotionally feel that they were missing from the movie, music you previously made, such as the great band album, the Brown album, which is supposed to capture the South, would you? Would you listen to them now and say, there's an aspect of the culture and the history and the music and my life that we didn't capture? Well, I think that it's just something that I, I like to do. Right. And, and I guess I've been reaching back um, all my life. And, uh, and this time I just went full circle. Right. Why? Have you identified why you have to reach back even on an emotional level? I, I don't know. I think it's good medicine for the soul. All right. All right. Well, some of the earliest gatherings you had, ironically enough, were sitting around a campfire singing cowboy songs on the reservation in the summer camp, isn't that true? Like Lefty Frizzell and Hank Williams songs, if I read it right? Right. Um, nobody ever could talk about these as cowboy songs. All right. This is called country music, and these people lived in the country, and they sang country music. Okay. And, uh, and it was like that on the Six Nation Indian Reservation. It's still like that on a lot of reservations. People, you know, because a lot of the reservations are out in the sticks, Right. And, um, and people are just, um, I don't know, they feel closer to country music. But would you not have also sang some of the, we'd say, traditional songs that are part oh, of this of concept here? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you were singing that from the outset, too. Yeah. And that, was, that wasn't something that at that time that I, I felt like I could do musically. Right. Could. I didn't feel like, okay, the, this traditional thing is something that... Right. I wasn't connecting with that as much as I was, you know, more popular kind of music. Well, rock and roll. Yeah, because I came from the city. Sure, right. Who Was anybody doing that music then, like recording it? No? Did anybody? Um, no. No, it wasn't? No. I know Buffy St. Marie claims she's tapped into that since maybe 64, which was a time later. Yeah. That was a generation later. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you buy any of that stuff? I actually, in one of those interviews, no, nobody on sorry, the reservation just happened to have tape recorders. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't uh, out, out in the in the work fields either, but some someone managed Jackie Lomax and all those managed to kind of get those things down on tape. You know what I mean? Well, there's millions and millions of recordings of uh, you know traditional music of Native American. Oh right. Music dating back to 1907. Right, but we just never get to hear. I suppose over here, I'm talking from a perspective outside America too. Right. You know, it's a, it's a denied history. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, there is that element to it. Yeah. I, I saw one, uh, this may be one, it's the last probing question, but it's, it's, it's more in relation to Presley, I know, who was an early influence on you. Uh, Miller suggested to me that, he, that when they look at something like Elvis's movie Flaming Star or listen to his music, they want to appropriate Presley by saying on his mother's side he had that side of his uh, ancestry too. She had a Native American background. I mean, do you see any legitimacy in that? I have no idea about Elvis's heritage. It is, it is actually true. It is. It, Mississippi. The only influence I can hear in his music is comes from Mississippi. The blues. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, apparently from on the two sides, one was the Presleys from Scotland, that was the daddy, and the other side was the Smiths who had married Native Americans along the way. Uh-huh. So, a lot of that in America. These last few years, I've never heard of so many people that had Native American heritage. Is this something that people, as you say, there's something in the wind? Are people now becoming more accepting of this? I think that it's become, unfortunately, um, you know, not to, to make it trite, but I think it's become a cool thing. Really? Yeah. And, uh, and but, but I, I, I don't really have a problem with this. I think whatever it takes is okay. But I think that the interest in, in you know, Indian heritage and traditions mm -hmm. and the mysticisms and all of that, I think there's a fascination for this around the world. I mean, that's why these movies have been made and and that's why probably I'm making this record now, too, is because people are just much more curious and interested now than they were five years ago. Well, yeah, the movies, all the stuff that's being done is because of this thing that's in the air. The, the, you know, I'm not doing this because there was some movies being made. Sure, sure. No, you're reflecting something larger, I, I, I would assume. Yeah, I'd like to think so. No, but I mean, if you, you can quote Leonard Cohen's new album where he talks about America being the land of the spiritual thirst. Which, which a lot of people would agree with, and they are looking into different aspects of spirituality, of religion, uh, as the century closes, perhaps. Um, could be. You're, you're, <laughs> you're wary of that kind of analysis well, of I cultural... <laughs> but you did say, too, um, one of the things about the songs, like you will have kind of modern rockers like Skinwalker and the Ancestor song, but you did say that there are certain sacred texts that you couldn't record. Oh, yeah. Wh wh why, they are prayers to, the, to Native Americans? Yeah, th I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it would be, that, I mean, this music, you're not allowed to film it or record it in right. any kind of way. Because that's exactly what it is, and it's probably like that in some other cultures too. Right. I mean, like somebody on their knees praying, and you run up with a microphone and say, "Could you pray a little louder, please?" Sure, sure. I mean, it's just very disrespectful. Well, it's almost like the uh, idea that they don't like even photographs being taken because it apparently violates the soul. Um, yeah, that, that's a that's a belief too. Right. Would you have absorbed any of those yourself, or would you have distanced yourself from them growing up? Those well, kind I of. You know, I think things evolve. I really believe in this. I don't believe it's the same way as it was 500 years ago in this culture any more than I feel it's the same way in the Irish culture, in Ireland or in America. Right. And it just, it's not the same. Things move on. Things do change. And, and, when, and when photography first came along, I'm sure there was something spooky about it. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but you would all you would have to uh, acknowledge or respect that kind of fear on behalf of Native Americans or that kind of uh, their kind of reading of it that way. 
I, I just respect what any, you know, anybody, if anybody says, listen, I don't like to have my picture taken, whether they're Indian or Irish right. or whatever they are. Right. You know, I have to respect that. The Irish are hardly like that. What do you, th- what do you think can be done on the largest, the largest scale to right the wrongs, apart from doing a documentary? I mean, it has been suggested that maybe the government or the president could call a day where all the chiefs are brought to the White House and it could be publicly apologized to. Do you think... Well, a lot of of this stuff is in the works now. It's so much different than when my mother was growing up. Right. When she was a kid, they told her, they said, forget the language, forget the culture. The best thing that you can become is a non-Indian. Okay. If you want to know the most advantageous thing for you. Right. And her and her parents... You know, and their parents were brought up to believe that, and it's not that way. Now everybody's saying, save the culture, save the languages, save the traditions, and it's just a different time. Well, there are obvious parallels there between how the Irish were oppressed by the English and told to deny their language, their music, our culture. Yeah, absolutely. This is not just unique to Native Americans. Were you supposed to take part in a Red Dawn thing back in October, which I had assumed people like Bono and that had shown interest in supporting and it fell apart? Was something like that also part of what's happening? Red Dawn, what was that? Oh, I think that this was... For, for um, children. American Indian College Fund. Yes. Yeah, I support this because, uh, you, know, I, you know, it's been my belief all along that if you're going to force the people to live in this world in this civilized so-called world, then the least you can do is teach them how to do it. And, uh, and it's about educating kids, and it's a non-political organization, so I support this. And they were putting together um, this concert, mm-hmm. and uh, the, they had spoke to me about it, and I didn't know that they'd spoke to Bono about it, though. Yeah, I almost got Garth Brooks to say he'd appear. Uh, Garth Brooks said he would appear. <laughs> I almost forced him to say he would. Oh, okay. To sing We Shall Be Free. I thought it would be good to have the top country stroke cowboy star singing at it. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but it, it apparently or it obviously fell through. So so on a larger scale, I mean, what do you think other artists can do? Like, I mean, other albums like this, more TV shows, involvement at any other levels, or are they all doing that and we just don't hear about it over here? Um, well, it's going on much more so now than it was a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. So it really sends out a, 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 you know, a great sense of hope and of change. And, um, I mean, there's a tremendous amount more to be done, but at least there's a consciousness and an awareness um, now that, that's never been like this before. And in music, I mean, what about in music? I know there's a Kennedy Rose CD I got recently which has a track... Uh, with Bill Miller on it, and that uses kind of chants in the background. Isn't there a danger, as you said earlier, that it might just become the next hip thing, like the rainforests? Um, well, I don't... If the rainforest, if it takes... Whatever it takes to get people's attention to be concerned about the rainforest, I think it's okay. Right. I don't care if it's hip or it's not hip. Right. And, and for something like this, I, I feel the same same way. Um, as long as we get there. As long as we get there. I think that that's right. the, the most important thing. And I think that if this record helps open some doors for some other Native American artists to, to, you know, to make music uh, and an awareness of what's going on. I mean, the, the main reason that I was really anxious to make this record was that, um, that there's 
so few people that even know that this exists. Right. You know? Everybody is inclined. I mean, there is a Bill Miller or there's a John Trudell or, you know, there's a few people you could count them on. Well, Ca Cash has been doing it for, what, 30 years and people didn't pay too much attention. Who's that? Johnny Cash with Bitter Tears, albums like Bitter Tears. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember, I have that record. Right. Um, Wait, would you have heard that back in the 60s? That, 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 that's an album of, you know, you know, that's a country record about Indian things. Okay. About Indian situations. But to really take traditional sounds and musics and, All right. and, and, and put the people together uh, to do this, to send out an impression of something that's going on today in the Native American community, right. that's what I wanted. Right. Would you have heard that stuff though back in the '60s and identified with it? Oh yeah. Yeah, when you. I've always identified with it. I've always had, you know, a curiosity. I've always known what was going on musically in the Native American uh, right. culture. It was just that it was just kind of a private thing. And, okay. and and in America, in North America, it's still that way. It's a very local thing. Right, right. And because of those pressures on your mother, did you not also develop an element of shame, we'd say? No. No, that was never part of it? No, no. Um, it, it, it was never about shame. I, I right. did encounter some things when I was very young that, that stopped me in my tracks. Bro, I remember when some of my, my cousins would come to the city and visit, and I remember my my young friends that were my age, they would say, wow, they're Indians. Right. And I remember their parents would say, oh dear, they're Indians. Right. And I would think, huh, isn't that funny? The kids think that this is very cool, and the parents are nervous that they might want to, like, start a fire and start dancing or something. Sure, yeah, 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 but that's ignorance, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's an ignorance that is, and I mean, it's 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 good that this documentary is a TV documentary because it's an ignorance that was perpetuated largely by television, hugely, and movies, and the whole yeah. cultural spectrum. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually, funnily, today on the television, I saw a movie called Pony Soldier, which was set in Canada, and it was, uh, I can't remember who the star was, Tyrone Power. But it actually, Alex, you worked with Alex North, didn't you? Sure. Well, Alex North did the music, and while listening to it, I was wondering, did those guys, even by accident, tap into some elements of the music? Maybe they were only bastardizing it, but maybe some of them also checked out the, the, the roots and, and brought some of it to bear on, on movies, would you know. know? I don't know, and I never had the opportunity to discuss that with Alex either. Right, right. It had a really interesting soundtrack. It is. Huh? For, for, a 50s, for a 50s movie. What's it called again? Pony it's called what? Pony Soldier. It's about the, the, the Royal Canadian uh, Mounted Police, their roots, their origins, uh -huh. uh, and the battle. And it actually showed a relatively sympathetic uh, and far from superficial reading of uh, Native American life at the time. Huh. So I was very surprised. And you occasionally see that. In, in, I'm going to check that out. All right. It was made around 19... It was made 55, 55, 56, but you'd probably find it at the back of one of Alex North's discographies or something like that. Yeah, I will. There's, another, there's one other question which I noticed in the press release, which was about... We tend to think, or I would tend to talk about Native Americans as a kind of homogenous mass, but isn't there an aspect of great tensions between tribes which is probably damaging the major cause as much as political oppression? Um... Well, there, there is absolutely, I mean, the, the, some problems that go back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years right. between different nations, and there are m 
many other nations that have gotten along wonderfully right. for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, it's not all one thing. It's, it's not all tension between tribes. And it's not all everybody is, gets along wonderfully either. Right. Um, but the, the, the idea, you know, that all tribes don't get along with one another is complete nonsense. Okay. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I was going to intertribal powwows, right. and it was all about different nations coming together and sharing ideas and, you know, craft-eyed stuff, and, and it was wonderful. It was one of the most powerful musical things I ever encountered, too, it, and where one tribe would be singing and dancing, and then another would join in with them, and they would sing their music in their language with this other nation. Right. And, and a power went up into the sky when this happened, right. and another tribe would join in with them, and it just right. shivers. Right. Has, has any of that been reflected? And I know that there are, there are these descriptions of the way you play guitar that you tend to... And I read a wonderful description, actually, of you and Dylan writing a song where he would say, I want you to evoke this image of a cat in garters coming over a hillside. But there were... What? A, a cat in garters coming over the hill. Maybe it's the wrong image, but maybe it was in a hotel room around 66. But what he was asking you to do was paint with sound, just a kind of background for his imagery. I mean, isn't there that element to your work where there are these kind of sound paintings as opposed to... Don't you work in... I, I think so. I mean, people have always talked about my writing and my playing and my music and everything as being very cinematic and story-oriented. Yeah. And I, I have to agree with that. I mean, it, but for me, where it comes from is my, um, my fascination with film. With film itself? Yeah. I don't remember uh, Bob Tina. asking anything like that. <laughs> but that is still how you create. I mean, mind you, I heard when you were coming over here to record with you two, you were still finishing the song in the back of a car. Is that true? Well, I never even got it finished. I, mean, I was trying to finish it. I, when I came over there, they were having such a storm and everything that I was completely distracted. And, and when, when I got to the studio there, um, they were all, you know, that, that, you know, they were thinking of me as this kind of song craftsman. All right. They came there like empty-handed, and they were like, And did you uh, not? Are you in Dublin? I am right down the road from Bono. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know that he has a, a, a very warm place in his soul, you know, for the the whole the Native North American um, issue, and and the, you know, he, it's it's just something that he's you know that he cares about a lot, and he's fascinated by about. He's mentioned that to me over the years. Sure. Well, you, you know, historically speaking, the very first sponsored walk was organized by Native Americans for the Irish people during the famine. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So, so we owe something, you know. Maybe that's what some of us are following up. Last question, because we're coming down to our last couple of minutes. Is there another aspect to the other side of your heritage is, is a Jewish background? Is that something you would hope to explore musically? Well, I don't know. I didn't grow up, you know, with uh, with a, a lot of musical, you know, Jewish musical right. introduction. It was it, the only place that I ever was introduced to that at all was usually religiously, a little bit, or um, 
sometimes there would be, you know, like in weddings and something like that, there would be these folk songs and right. stuff like that. But it's not something that I really know a lot about. I didn't have the same kind of introduction to that at all as I did to this. Right, and right. It, and, and, and this is not just about me. Sure, yeah, you yeah. Know, in, in the, you know, in, you know, uh, exploring heritage, my heritage. Okay. This is a bigger issue than just me. Sure. I, I'm just trying to make a, you know, a humble contribution to this. Right. Well, you're at an advantage. Uh, and, and but I, but you know, Bob Dylan hasn't made many Jewish records either. Well, no. <laughs> Well, Neil, Neil Diamond claims he has, that all his best love songs in minor modes are rooted in that kind of background. <laughs> did, the last question then is, did you sell yourself to the devil, Daniel? Did I? Yeah. It's no, the... I, I, I wasn't singing about me. Oh, of course not. <laughs> but this has been the myth for forever. The way you play and your obsession with suggests you're long gone. Well, I wanted to, but I couldn't find any takers. Could you not? <laughs> I found his address. I'll pass it on to you. Okay. <laughs> Okay, very nice talking to you. When are we going to get, incidentally, this the documentary over here, or do you know? Well, they told me that they're selling it to all kinds of different territories in, in Europe, and I think that they're, because this is a six-hour version, and I think that they're making um, a little bit more condensed version for that possibilities, but I know that they've already sold it to some territories, but I just don't know individually, you know, all the different places what they've done. I hope so. Sure, well, and also, if I was focusing too much on you, it's just that that really gives the readers a hook into it. I know we're talking about this far bigger issue in the documentary series. Yeah. But we have, at the moment, got a four, four one-hour documentaries on Abraham Lincoln being broadcast full on Irish television. Right, I think Abraham Lincoln was the one who said the only good Indian's a dead Indian. Yeah, he was a nice... Well, I should be ashamed of myself. What about Andrew Jackson? Wasn't he one of my ex ancestors? He wasn't very nice to them either. I know. <laughs> No, it, it, it wasn't very uh, it, it wasn't very popular in those days to be nice to Indians, I don't think. But this is what the whole documentary um, examines, that whole history. Well, it's about people talking today, you know, right. about their, their traditions and their history. Right. And, and you feel like, for the first time, it isn't like somebody else telling you, well, this is what the Indians were like. All right. This time, you, they're directing it, they're speaking on their own behalf. Right, but it does go right back to true history. Yes, it does. Very good, very good. Yeah. All right, then, I, it was great fun talking to you, Robbie. Okay, Joe. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. And if you want to read the article that came out of that chat you just heard, check my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. Also, if you'd like to be notified of shows that focus on hundreds more interviews like the one you just heard, why not subscribe to the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast? Either way, thank you for listening.